With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, senior editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North reporter for USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, and I hope you have by now, please subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast over at iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating, some comments, likes, shares. All of those forms of interaction help this podcast gain traction. So too do our wonderful partners, including FanRag Sports, today's Fast Break, and today's Pigskin.com, and our newest partner, DraftBreakdown.com. After you have checked out all my work at PFW and in USA Today Sports Weekly, and once again, once you've been to both iTunes and Audio Boom to make sure you are downloaded and subscribing to this show, check out the partner sites. I think you'll be pleased with what is over there. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, the Thursday, October 27th edition. How are you doing today? I hope you're outstanding. I'm outstanding because the Cubs are... Winning, and that is a great feeling. Uh, a huge win, a big-time performance from Jake Arrieta after a tough start last night. Uh, really didn't have a ton of confidence uh, after one inning, but boy, did he round into form and uh, took a no-no into the sixth, exactly what the Cubs needed. Arietta playing stopper after a, a tough night uh, the evening before. Uh, the bats got going for sure. The middle of the lineup in particular, Kyle Schwarber raking, Ben Zobris raking, Rizzo and Bryant, or Bryant and Rizzo the other way around, I should say, set the stage, uh, set the table early in the first inning to give Arietta a lead. Um, a lot of positives to come out of that game last night. Yes, we need to uh, get Dexter Fowler going. Javi Baez has cooled off for sure, but... Um, plenty of reasons to feel encouraged as the Cubs head home for Game 3 Friday night and is what, not, uh, what is now a, a five-game series and uh, what is sure to be an electrifying environment at Wrigley Field. I told you guys earlier in the week I am so privileged and lucky and fortunate enough to, to be attending and uh, just can't even imagine. I, I've got butterflies thinking about it and uh, going over in my head what that's going to be like tomorrow night. Uh, Just beyond excited. So uh, great day for the Cubbies. Great night for the Cubbies, I should say. Uh, But you guys came here to discuss the Bears. So let's do that. I was not at Hallis Hall today, but 
do have the injury report for you here. Not a ton of big surprises. Um, a couple of illnesses kept some inside linebackers off the practice field. Danny Trevathan and Nick Wikoski. Uh Bryce Callahan, that Bucky hamstring, kept him out of practice. The same thing he's been dealing with for several weeks now. But not a lot of other big surprises seeing Jeremy Langford back out there or seeing the injury report containing Jeremy Langford as a limited participant is encouraging. Uh, Pernell McPhee and Tracy Porter out there uh, fighting through whatever remaining knee injuries they have coming off the uh, the big break. And that's really it. The Pro Bowl guards are out. Do not practice. Don't expect them to see. Don't expect to see them. Excuse me, Monday night. But um, that's kind of the the big news from the injury report. John Fox said Jay Cutler looked good, fresh legged. Had a good practice. Uh, there was a Chicago Tribune report from Thursday. Uh, Mike Mulligan had two anonymous sources that claim John Fox is already telling his friends that he is, quote, done with Jay Cutler after the season. Uh, John Fox, as you might expect, uh, vehemently denied that report, saying there is absolutely no truth to it. People can say whatever they want. That's the unfortunate part of this profession but absolutely not true. Um, That is presented without comment. I I actually got a tweet the other day from someone who said that my saltiness toward John Fox was hilarious. I don't really do it on purpose, guys. I just am sort of reacting to the treatment that we've received from John Fox. So I think he's kind of made his bet on a lot of this stuff, and now he's being forced to sleep in it. But uh, I'm just going to leave that alone because I have already told you guys on multiple occasions that I – don't think that Jay Cutler is likely to be here after this season. And and certainly that just substantiates my thought. Um, But we'll just leave it at that. It'll be interesting to see what Cutler is able to do in his, what could be his final nine games with the bears. So um, not a lot of other super interesting uh, developments from Hallis Hall today. In my opinion, Vic Fangio uh, met the media as he always does at this portion of the week. And, um, had some really high praise for Tracy Porter, which I do think is worth mentioning. I'm sorry I don't have the audio to play for you, but um, he was asked about the Bears' success in shutting down number one wide receivers, most recently Jordy Nelson. Um, but the list goes on. They've, they've had a lot of success. Allen Robinson Porter had shut down the week before. Um, I want to say Marvin Jones didn't have a huge day either, though, although maybe I'm wrong about that. No, I don't think Marvin Jones had a big day against the Bears either, and I think Tracy Porter has been terrific. I would go as far as to say Tracy Porter has been the Bears' defensive MVP thus far. Um, Fangio didn't say that, per se, but uh, did say that the guy has been showing up, uh, had a knee injury that actually had to be tended to on game day, uh, and just was excellent last Thursday night. He has been... Um, fighting, and he's shown good resiliency with that, is what Fangio said. But, uh, boy, talk about a great signing for the Bears. First arrives uh, in June last year when that cornerback room is just full of questions and plays well enough to earn a multi-year deal and uh, hasn't shown any signs of slippage. I actually said on our TV set today that uh, Porter may be playing as well as he was last year, which was really good prior to him running out of gas in the second half of the season. So it will be interesting to see if Porter's able to sustain his level of play, because I think this mirrors 
what he did in the first half last season. But again, we did see a pretty precipitous drop-off. So we'll see if he's able to avoid that. Um, but I, I can't say enough good things about Tracy Porter. I thought it was also kind of interesting, as I think I speculated on this podcast, that the Bears were likely to bring Jacoby Glenn back to the practice squad. Um, they have since done that. Vic Fangio gave a little bit of the reasoning behind uh, that decision to cut Glenn, uh, to waive Glenn, excuse me, and to promote uh, Demontre Hurst to the active roster before they brought Glenn back to the practice squad. Fangio said that that was largely uh, a decision based off what's going on at the nickel position where Bryce Callahan obviously is still banged up and they're kind of one injury away from really being in a bind there. Glenn doesn't play any nickel. Uh, Demontre Hurst does have some of that in his background. So uh, Fangio said that Glenn has to get back on the practice field and and perform there before maybe he gets another chance in games. But uh, a lot of good things to say about Cravon LeBlanc, too, uh, Fangio did. Just mentioning that he thinks not every player has the type of football IQ and the instincts that LeBlanc has shown. Uh, didn't have any nickel experience when he was plucked off waivers from New England and has since learned that spot and uh, has played well there. Obviously, he was terrific against Green Bay, breaking up a, a pair of Randall Cobb would-be touchdowns. And uh, LeBlanc is one of those guys that will continue to follow. I've talked about uh, the Patriots cast-offs and how maybe there's a little bit of trepidation involved with those guys. Um, but he does look like he could be kind of this year's version of Bryce Callahan um, and I think we've now seen Ryan Pace have some success off the waiver wire. So uh, we'll keep an eye on LeBlanc. We'll keep an eye on this tight end they just signed from the Ravens, whose name I don't even have in front of me right now, but um, another guy that we will be following throughout the remainder of this season. So I don't have a, a ton of other stuff for you today. I did tell you that I had reached out to try and get some news on Elshon Jeffrey. Not so much news, but to kind of try and get uh, the word on Alshon and if there's any chance that he is going to be moved uh, before the November 1st trade deadline. There have been some rumblings uh, that the Eagles could be interested in Alshon. Uh, his name has been thrown out there along with Torrey Smith. I'm sure there are a number of teams that would love to, uh, to add Alshon's talent at this point in the season, but uh, I'll just read you the text I got from one NFC personnel guy. Uh, bear with me as I try and find it. Uh, long story short, he said he thinks that the Bears are going to have a really tough time moving Alshon. Uh, it will be very difficult for the Bears to trade a guy who has the franchise tag on him and who will be an undrafted, uh, unrestricted excuse me, free agent at the end of the season. So uh, I did sort of hint at that as well, I think, in yesterday's podcast, but interesting to hear someone uh, in an NFL front office say the same thing. Uh, At that point, it becomes what are the Bears willing to take in return for Alshon if they're feeling like they're not going to be able to re-sign him. I think that uh, it's going to be a tall order. I don't know that the Bears are going to want to put all their money in the wide receiver position, and they do have a lot tied up already in Kevin White, a guy who gets you know nothing if not an incomplete grade. Uh, through half now almost halfway through his rookie deal. Uh, It depends if Alshon, obviously there's a lot to be determined over these final nine weeks, and certainly Jay Cutler's return should bode well for Alshon picking it up. But bottom line is he hasn't found the end zone yet. Uh, He has not been a weekly difference maker. He has played in every game thus far, so that was kind of the first step for him. 
um, coming off you know the injury riddled 2015. But I still don't think that we've seen anywhere near uh, the type of production where the Bears are going to feel comfortable giving Alshon the 40 million guaranteed that he's looking for. So uh, at that point, once again, it, it kind of comes down to what do they want in return if they don't feel like they're going to be able to retain him. Would Pace be content with a second or a third round pick, maybe? And is another team willing to give that up for a potential, you know, eight, nine game window for Alshon? That's what the personnel guy I spoke with today said why it was going to be difficult, kind of, for both sides to get a deal done. Um, I did also ask him if he's hearing any other big names, if there could be any other big movement. And also, as I suspected, he just doesn't think that there's going to be any blockbuster trades at the deadline uh, because it's just so hard to move contracts in the NFL. And uh, you see some of these deals get done in the offseason, whether it's, you know, Sam Bradford or DeMarco Murray, uh, deals like that. But um, not sure that we are going to see anything that's really going to move the needle here in the next four or five days. so we'll see. There's not a lot of other candidates I can think of on the Bears that would seem to have a ton of value. Uh, maybe it's someone like a Tracy Porter, actually, but I don't think the Bears could really afford to part with him given uh, what they have going on. Uh, same deal with someone like Willie Young, who just got some new paper and, and, and kind of maybe is arguably a team-friendly deal, but um, just kind of spitballing as I'm talking here. There's not a lot of other obvious candidates, I wouldn't think. Uh, to be moved on the Bears. So uh, we'll see. I could be wrong about that, but that's kind of the update or the non-update, I guess, on Alshon. I am waiting to hear back, hopefully, from one AFC personnel guy, a pro scout, but to date I have not heard anything. So uh, we'll see if there's anything more to add, potentially on the Friday version of the Lockdown Bears podcast. Uh, That Friday version of the Lockdown Bears podcast will also include some crossover talk with Lockdown Vikings host, Sam Ekstrom. I'm scheduled to speak with him tomorrow morning, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. But uh, aside from that, not a a lot more for you today. I'll just give you a couple bears that I can assure you are going to be in the crosshairs come Monday night. We'll still do some keys to victory and uh, a couple guys specifically to watch in addition to who I give you right now. But uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that Eric Cush at left guard and Ted Larson at right guard assuming that the Bears do have that same uh, construct, if you will, that they that they finished last Thursday night with, assuming Sitton and Lawn can't go, as I am assuming, uh, there's going to be a ton of pressure on Cush and Larson with Cutler coming back after a five-week layoff and with everything that Mike Zimmer does in terms of not only aggression but disguise by lining up Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks over those A-gaps. It's a tall order uh, to ask of anyone, much less a couple guys being thrown out there for the first time together. So um, (laughs) the Bears' interior protection had become a strength in recent weeks, and uh, for that to remain the case come Monday night, again, is going to be a lot to ask, but uh, we won't say it's impossible. Uh, You heard Corey Wooten yesterday say he was actually pretty encouraged by what he saw from Cush and... Um, and from Larson as well. So we'll see if they're able to build on that. And I guess just to kind of circle back and finish where we started, no, not with the Cubs, although you guys know I could talk about them uh, for the duration of however however long you wanted this podcast to be, Uh, but with Jay Cutler and John Fox and what could potentially be 
another awkward head coach uh, quarterback dynamic. Remember, it was only a couple years ago after uh, Aaron Cromer threw Cutler under the bus and uh, Phil Emery wanted Cutler to play and Tressman wanted Josh McCown to play and things got kind of ugly and, and sort of awkward. And, and um, while I don't know if that's going to be the case again, I think uh, certainly Jay can use his past experience. I think just the other day I kind of complimented Cutler on his maturation and uh, how this wouldn't really be his first rodeo or, or just the way he's grown up off the field. But um maybe some of this adversity that he's had to handle in the past. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's not a fair shake for Jay because if Hoyer was truly just outperforming him, and uh, certainly we've seen that elsewhere around the league, I don't think Tony Romo is going to get his job back. I don't know if Jamal Charles is ever going to be the bell cow in Kansas City again. So uh, we have seen these types of situations unfold. But um, I just, I don't know. I'm not trying to pile on John Fox either, but... Uh, I guess I just do have a little problem with him saying today in his press conference, oh, that's the unfortunate part of the business is these reports get out there. In this case, he's talking about the Mulligan Chicago Tribune report. But uh, I don't hear him talking about how it's unfortunate about how he just looks at the media and lies to them every day. So, uh, you know, I think we find that part to be unfortunate, too. So uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how these final nine games uh, unfold for Jay Cutler and and what the future holds for him if it isn't in Chicago because it's still a quarterback driven league and there's still a shortage of good ones around. So um, especially with a clean slate, a clean contract slate, uh, I don't think Cutler's starting days in the NFL are are numbered beyond these final nine games. But uh, we'll wait and see. Um, we'll see what level of success he can have here in the second half for the bears, because after Monday night, uh, yes, they'll have another one left with the Vikings, obviously another one left with the Packers, but also some pretty winnable games at home where the bears have stunk, whether it's, uh, Washington coming in, I believe what Tampa and San Francisco too, uh, are all at home as well. So, um, a chance for Cutler to kind of audition, I think was the way that it was put in that Mulligan column. Uh, for the rest of the league, if in fact John Fox has already made up his mind uh, about the maligned quarterback. So uh, that's all I have for you on the Locked On Bears podcast, the Thursday edition. As always, so pleased that you are here with us. One more reminder the NBA season tips tonight for the Bulls. And if you haven't done so already, along with Locked On NFL and Locked On Fantasy, go check out. Locked on Bulls for the NBA Chicago Enthusiast. And of course, you've already done so, but just in case you haven't, go to iTunes, subscribe to Chicago Bears, the Locked on Bears podcast that is, and leave me a comment, leave me some interaction, and uh, it is greatly appreciated. All right, that'll do it. I hope you have a wonderful evening, whether you're watching the Bulls or the AFC South or just uh, tuning out to sports altogether. Make sure you tune back in to the Locked On Bears podcast Friday. Thanks again.